off the leash for the Phoenix, the richest greyhound race in the world at Melbourne Greyhounds The Meadows, Saturday, December 17. And uh, it is four past twelve, Big V Racing. We've got a huge night of racing coming up uh, this Saturday night with the Melbourne Cup. And Sandown George Ferrugia joins us now. G'day, Georgie. G'day, Cosy. How are you this morning? Mate, well, I reckon you would be up and about this time of the year because this is just a fantastic night coming up. Oh, it is. Look, it's, it's been a really good couple of weeks, to be honest. I mean, kicked off with the Top Gun and there was a couple of surprises there. And then we've seen we're actually fast in the shootout and now someone gets to etch their name on this incredible honour roll, which has been going since the 1950s. And, look, um, it's, a, it's a great final. Um, and a couple of them have drawn upside down. A couple of them have drawn where they want to be. But um, it's been some market movers too, so can't wait to sink our teeth into it. You bet he's up and about because he's just he back nearly half the card there on Saturday night at, uh, at Sandown. And then he's just landed a big multi in the World Cup this morning. So uh, he's a very happy man, George Farouge, and he's loaded up for Saturday night where we get to see this magnificent Melbourne Cup field do battle and also the final of the Bold Trees, George, which we will discuss um, a little bit later on Off the Leash as well. But we thought we'd go through the runners in the Melbourne Cup, runner by runner, and um, you're the expert. I want you to be able to make a case for all of these greyhounds and on the flip side as well, tell us why maybe they can't win on Saturday night. And I guess we have to start with the Red and Plaintiff, who is the short price favourite for the Melbourne Cup. Uh, he's been in good form in his last two starts, George. He certainly seems to have recaptured his best form, and with that box draw, looks hard to beat. Yeah, he does. And look, he goes into the race, guys, with a, a tremendous record off box one. I don't think he's been beaten off the red. And last time we seen him draw box one, he ran twenty six eighty seven at Horsham, but more impressively six forty two early. And that's the type of greyhound he is. I mean, his first splits can be outstanding. He went five eleven last week, which is a tenth slower than what Paddy wants Pat's run, but. Look, he had box four, and I thought once Kasaya held him out, uh, it was just such a gutsy win. He races well at the Meadows. Uh, the week before, he ran 29.32 when Amron Boy was the best at 29.15, and that's when he led from go to woe. So off this draw, you'd think he's going to be incredibly hard to beat. He's the favourite for a reason. Um, there's probably three Greyhounds guys, to Fernando, Mick and Paddy wants Pats, that, that are, are going to shape the race early. They're the ones with the early speed. And plaintiff has the advantage of holding that fence. He wouldn't want to get crossed by Paddy Wants Pats or Fernando Mick, though, because I think um, there is absolutely nothing between all three of those greyhounds, to be honest, in terms of what splits they run, how they run home. So whoever can just lead on that first corner, and when you've got box one, that's, that's always a huge advantage. Jason Thompson, uh, he's often very lucky with the box doors, isn't he? <laughs> Well, look, you know, I suppose it all evens out. I've, mm. I've seen him. I've seen, um, you know, him win some Melbourne Cups off awkward draws. I've seen him win some of good draws. He had box one when Aston DB um, won the Melbourne Cup, and that was a perfect draw with a little bit of speed in that race as well. But um, no, look, um, if you want to draw a box, this is the time to do yeah. it um, exactly. in the Melbourne Cup. And yeah, look, this, this dog. Um, I think we've spoken about him for a while, guys. I think everyone knows what he's going to bring to the table. He's a pretty clean beginner. He's going to give them a run for their money off box one. And if they lose, there's, there's probably no excuses off box one, but I, I think he's going to be hard to beat. Is, he, is 235 the right pli- uh, price, George? Yeah, look, it probably is. Oh, probably, he might be able to just sneak out a little bit further, 250, 260, mm-hmm. I suppose. It's a tremendous field. You wouldn't want to put a foot wrong, put it that way. Mm-hmm. And it's just an interesting race because of those three that we mentioned of, of the speed. But then there is some absolute stars who... Might not get to the first split um, as quick, but overall, 
or as quick. There's no doubt about it. But they're just going to have to rely on luck in running. Titan Blazers drawn two. Last week he sort of didn't begin brilliantly, but he, he railed up. He went outside the leader. And by gee, he just got there from Amron Boy. Yeah, he did. Look, I've got a lot of time for Titan Blazer. I think he's a very, very good greyhound. He made the... He made um, the Group 1, a couple of Group 1 races, actually. He made the Group 1 Silver Chief, where he ran third behind Zippy Tesla, and then he made the Group 1 Australian Cup, where he had box eight and got skittled on that first corner. Um, oh, look, he's just a, he's a tremendous greyhound uh, returning. He hasn't done a whole heap of racing more recently, but um, he's, he's a very good greyhound. He had box one, and that was to his advantage when they all bunched up a little bit. He's a talent. Um, I just don't know where he's going to sit in running. He might just be sitting behind the leading brigade, and I, I'm just not sure whether he's going to have enough to be able to run those down and then be able to hold out some of these really, really strong greyhounds. So he's sort of a little bit in no-man's land, but clearly deserves his spot, um, and he's he's been a star over a, a, a fair period now. He's $6 Titan Blazer, and also at that $6 quote is Vice Grip George, the star Western Australian greyhound who has had a remarkable last 12 months and has been in such great form. And I think I, I don't think he would have surprised too many Western Australians with what he's been able to do here in Victoria, but um, he's probably surprising a few Victorians, and he does look to be a very dangerous player on Saturday. Yeah, I think he does. I mean, he obviously he ran third in the Top Gun as well, so we know he's proven at this level. He's, he won his local cup, the Perth Cup, where he defeated a few Victorians there. I think they know how good he is. There's no doubt there, but... Um, he's just racing so well. He's run last week. Just, I just I think it is the epitome of the way he races. He's not always the best away, but he will never give in, this dog. Um, and if he wins, he becomes the 13th greyhound in, in, in history in this country to win over a million dollars. would be an amazing story for a guy who's only a young guy and pretty much only started training full-time not that long ago, Adam Smithson, and I believe you guys will have him on air. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if he's interviewed yep. him yet or whether he'll be... 12.30, yeah. On, but yep. Yeah, look, he's... Uh, it's, a, it's a tremendous story, and six hundred and fifty thousand dollars to the winner um, is life changing for, for for all connections, but especially for people that are just starting to try to launch in this game. And this greyhound has taken him to some dizzying heights. And I tell you, he's a sneaky chance from where he is, especially if the if the three that I mentioned that are going to lead just bunch up a little bit, then the race is opened up for someone like Bryce Grip. There is no doubt about that. He's a star. He's strong. He'll always get to the line well. Those three that I mentioned do not want Vice Grip sitting on their hammer at any stage in the race. Now, Yachi Bale, uh, drawn the blue the other night, jumped, sort of settled about third. Off the back, though, was very strong. Oh, look, he, this greyhound is just continually impressive. Now, I tipped him um, on Top Gun night where he was over 600 metres. He ran second behind his brother, Zohar Bale, and I thought his run was really good. Then he was in a heat of the a prelude of the Melbourne Cup, and I thought, well, yeah, look back to five fifteen. Might as well have a throw at the stumps. I think that's what Team Delbridge was thinking. He was fantastic that night. Then to do it from box seven last week, guys, was another surprise. And it's not to say that I don't rate Yachi Bale as a chaser. I just think we're going to see the best of him as he gets a little bit further, guys, mm-hmm. over six hundred metres. But he's racing so well at five fifteen that you just you can't discount him. He ran twenty nine thirty eight. The best was twenty nine thirty five. So he's right there. He went 5.19 early, which is just about his best of the first mark. He's going to have to do something similar again, though, um, if he has a chance. But again, he's a little bit like Vice Grip. They might not be devastating to the first corner, but by God, they will be coming home with like a wet train. And, you know, you, you can see the excitement when Mark Delbridge talks about this greyhound 
stepping up to a Sale Cup distance in December. But first, he's got bigger fish to fry in a Melbourne Cup. And look, they will go in um, with really nothing to lose. Um, they're just going to have another a three hit of it here with Yachi Bale. If you get plaintiff, Fernando McPaddy wants Pats all go crazy, which you had know, to that first turn. And uh, there's not a lot of luck for them. Are these, is he the sort of dog who could just be sitting there, camped far enough behind to stay out of trouble, but down the back go whoosh? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, th- that's on the proviso that those three do have a bit of a bumping mm-hmm. jewel because if, if one of them gets away and he's running 29.38 in front, I mean, Yachi Bell went 29.38, but to run down dogs that are running 29.30 is hard. The punters seem to think so. He was $26 when, when they opened. And he's into fifteen dollars. He's been the firm, solid mover in this in this Melbourne Cup. So, I think they're just saying, you know what, we're going to have a crack here. Probably in each way go. He's about three dollars twenty five for a yeah. place. So, yeah, they're going to have a crack at him. He's a greyhound racing with a lot of confidence at the moment. Yeah, maybe that's the way to go about it. He, he could fill a hole at three twenty five, and you throw him in a multi with your best of the night, George. And it's looking like a good little play on the punt. Uh, and gee, I tell you what, if you can win a Melbourne Cup on your way on your way through to winning a, a Sale Cup, it's not a bad little lead up run, is it? So, uh, good luck to connections of, of Yachi Bale. Fernando Mix is an interesting runner as well, George, because. I get the sense with David Gill having spoken to him uh, a couple of days ago and also over the last couple of weeks, he's almost grown in confidence with Fernando Mick to the point now where he firmly believes that he can win the Melbourne Cup on Saturday night with this dog. Yeah, look, it's it's interesting. I mean, he was up against the Greyhound that we all thought was going to go very well, and he's a young dog on the rise, and that's Dundee Osprey. But he outpaced him early, guys. He was up against Zipping Kyrgios, who, of course, is just a star as well. He won fair and square. The most important part of it all, he went 5.03 early. Now, if you watch the head-on replay, which we had um, access to on Saturday night, he's a greyhound that likes to use a little bit of the track. His record from wide draws are outstanding. Um, the start before he raced at Ballarat, which, of course, is a longer run into the first corner, he went 24.99. He went 6.48 early. That is humming. So you know this greyhound speed is incredible. He's with the right trainer, right, guys? I mean, he could mm. win... Three Melbourne Cups in five years, David Gill. Mm. I mean, if somebody told him that six years ago, I think he would have um, showed them the signs of the asylum Mm. because they're just not easy to win. And if you can win three in five years, it would be incredible. He plays a huge part of this race because of his early speed and what he does in terms of cover for those other greyhounds drawn inside of him. Because if Paddy wants Pats gets across El Dorado, then it's game on. If he manages to hold those greyhounds out then the Greyhounds drawn one, two, three, four, um, really come into this race. So the connections of those dogs want him to begin okay and do what he needs to do on that first corner. Really, really interesting scenario with Fernando Nick. Mm. Zippy Tesla, the other night, I thought was just a, an absolute tough run, got squeezed out, went to the rail, pushed through between two dogs. All I wanted to do was just chase and get to the line. He's the epitome of a greyhound that wants to win. Yeah. And I, I think I said it on the on the broadcast that he's the greyhound you'd want in the centre square for the first bounce in a grand final <laughs> because he's, he's just not going to shirk it. He never does. Um, look, look, he doesn't get out quick. He went 5.21. But I think the race played perfectly for him because he was surrounded by greyhounds with early speed and he was allowed to do his own thing early. And when he logged midfield, you knew he was just going to get to the line so well. But as you said, guys, he had to push his way through. It wasn't going to be easy. It wasn't handed to him on a silver platter. None of these races are. So that was a fantastic effort. Can he win the final? I'd say no. 
because I just think he's going to get a little bit too far back. He's already a Group 1 winner um, in the Silver Chief, which was one of the runs... It had to be seen to be believed. Probably one of the runs of the year. But this is another step up, guys. And I just think a place chance would be best for, for one of my favourite greyhounds, Ippy Tesla. What about El Dorado, George, for Daryl Holmes? Oh, look, this is a great story. I mean, I've known Daryl for years. Um, he had a couple of stud dogs um, back um, in the 90s when I was in, in my teenage years, one called Black Shiraz, who was an absolute star. And, and Daryl sort of didn't have greyhounds for a little while, um, but has come back into it with a female called Gold Vane, which he owns with his friend Rob Lasseur, I think, um, that has been an unbelievable producer. And this greyhound is probably at the top of the tree for her. Again, he splits it good without being outstanding. He went 5.15 last week. He had box two. So um, you don't have to be as brilliant if you're drawn closer to the fence. And when that corner comes up, you're right there. He can go a little bit quicker than that. He has gone 5.09, and that's when he ran down plaintiff um, three starts ago. So the form line reads really well around him. Just again, the box draw is a worry for me and where he's going to find himself on that first corner. But in terms of ability, he's right up there with any dog in this race. All right, Paddy wants Pat's six dollars. Dawn out and eight. Gee, went quick the other night. Oh, look, mate, just such a professional. Five oh one early the week before, guys. Five oh two, a couple of starts ago when McInerney running down, he went five dead. So this is exactly what he needs to do. He needs to run at least those splits, and if he can do that, the, the, the uh, Fernando Mick was five oh three, Plaintiff was five eleven. But there is inches in it, guys. If he can begin better than them and find his way across and crossing those two, he could win this Melbourne Cup. It wouldn't be a surprise to anybody. Absolutely. Would they have preferred a better draw? Of course, because you have to cut across from a wide draw and there's always the um, chance that you're going to get camped out wide, especially with a dog like Fernando Bale. But the way this dog is going, you'd have to be a brave man to tip against him or at least not have him in the top couple, I reckon. And um, he's just going so, so well. His mother um, made the Melbourne Cup final as well. She had box eight as well and didn't have much luck from a wide draw. But he's a little bit more consistent out of the boxes, I think, than she is. And, oh, look, he's, he's in this up to his ears. That, that battle to the first corner, guys, with those three greyhounds I mentioned, we will know a lot after 100 metres. And I know Dan Hibbard will be... He'll, he'll be all over it, um, the commentator, because he'll know exactly where they need to be sitting if they're a chance to win this race. Who will come out of the first turn in front? Oh, look, I think if Plaintiff begins really well, he'll be able to hold his position on that first corner. But that's not to say in a straight line that you won't see Paddy Wants, Pats or Fernando mix head in front. But as they reach that corner, that's where Plaintiff has the advantage of having that inside lane, if you like. Now, obviously, they don't race in lanes, guys, but... The, the shortest way home is against the rails, and that's where that's where plaintiff is. So he certainly holds the advantage. But I wouldn't be surprised if Fernando Mick and plaintiff certainly got a you know a quarter length, half length in front. Now is that enough to get across? Probably not. Um, you need to clear them at least by a length to get through. But um, oh, geez, there's not much in it, guys. It really isn't. Have you worked out your numbers yet, George? Or do you want to wait a couple of days? Do you want to hold them close to your chest for the time being? Or uh... no. no I... I have I have worked out my numbers, guys. Yep. Um, um, my numbers are one, three, eight, and seven. I, I just think plaintiff's record off box one is very, very good. He's a greyhound that I've been a huge fan of for a while. I think he chases well. He's um, consistent out of the box. He's got enough speed to hold a good position. I've got a really sneaking suspicion that Vice Grip is going to run a monster race. 
Um, and then I've, I've thrown in um, the two greyhounds drawn out wide in, in El Dorado and Paddy, Paddy Wants Pass because I think they were up there with probably the most impressive of the heat winners, to be honest. They were absolutely fantastic. And, um, yeah, if El Dorado could just find a way around that first corner, he's in that race. But, um, yeah, she's just going to have to overcome a poor box draw. Yeah, can't, can't wait for it. Cracker of a race. Yeah, absolutely cannot wait for it. Uh, so Georgie's tipping the one plaintiff on Saturday night in the Melbourne Cup. We'll take a break on Big V Racing. It's 19 past 12. Uh, on the other side of that, we'll continue on with Off the Leash. We'll look at the Bold Trees final, and we'll discuss some of the other news in Greyhound Racing. Welcome back to Big V Racing. It's 22 past 12. This is Off the Leash Show with Matt Nevitt, Sean Cosgrove, and our Greyhound expert, George Ferruja, as we preview Saturday night. Uh, which is Melbourne Cup night there at Sandown Park. But we've also got the final of the Bold Trees, George. And uh, Moraine Susie, off the back of her performance uh, on uh, last Saturday, is the $2.80 favourite. She's drawn box eight. Uh, Corborn Magic from box five is at $3.40. Uh, Untapped uh, is at $4. The RSN927 Sandown Cup winner and Stagger at Lee's at $7.50. Interesting race, the Bold Trees final on Saturday. Yeah, look, it is. I think it opened up a little bit when Mapunga Ruby got bundled out. But look, Maureen Susie just made a statement. 41-33, backed up her incredible 42-43 win at the Meadows um, before that in the Top Gun. The only fly in the ointment that I can see, guys, is the box draw from out wide. Um, it's not to say that her record from wide draws has been poor, but I tell you what... Um, she looked for that rail. She jumped beautifully off an inside draw, and I think Brendan Purcell would have certainly preferred something closer to one, two, or three. But if she's close enough with a lap to go, um, I don't see how they hold her out. She's just racing so well at the moment, guys. Just looking back at the uh, the heats the other night, like Corborn Magic, um, I looked at a couple of the others. There's Stagger Out League Quarter. All of those weren't really quick away. That's not going to help them, is it? No, um, Corborn Magic will start there. He went 6.26 early. Now, the Greyhounds that will lead this race or go close to leading, Untapped Corner and Lakeview Patsy, they're going to go close to breaking six seconds. So you get an indication that um, Corborn Magic's going to be at three or four lengths behind them. That's fine for him. He can run them down even if if he's that. But the Greyhound in box six last week did cut to the fence. That was Aston Velvet and um, sort of gave him clear running in that first 100 metres. So this is a little bit tougher for him, but I tell you what, he is racing in some sort of form. His two wins at Wentworth Park come in very fast time. Then he went to Dapto and won in very fast time over 600 metres and come to Sandown at his first go and runs 41.50, guys. So the ability is certainly there. And he, he like Maureen Susie, um, he's a very good finisher. So he just He's going to have to rely on a little bit of luck early, and if he gets that, he's in this race up to his ears. And... The market suggests that as second favourite. Do we back Moraine Susie now, George, at $2.80? Seems like a pretty good price to me. Yeah, look, it's a good price. I, I just... What Moraine Susie does not want is for those leading brigade and the three that I mentioned, Untapped Quarter and Lakeview Patsy, to get away too far. Now, Untapped's the one for me um, because she went 41.70 last week. She sort of stuck on OK behind Corborn Magic. She's got a PB of 41.30-odd. Now, I'm not suggesting she's going to run that on Saturday, but if she can trim her trim it down to about 41.50 and she finds the top, she's going to be hard to beat, untapped. Um, but, yeah, look, I mean, as I said, if Maureen Susie is close enough to them, as we've seen in the uh, Top Gun where untapped led by about three or four lengths and Maureen Susie was too, too strong for her. But I think the good conditions, I think we're getting good weather on Saturday. The track will be super um, and if you can get out and go, um, I think Untapped is certainly a, a big chance. 
She needs to keep away from Corder and Lakeview Patsy. Their splits are almost identical, especially her and Lakeview Patsy. So if they get into a little bit of a bumping duel, this race opens up for Maureen, Susie and Corborn Magic. All right, two huge group ones on Saturday night at Sandown Park. Can't wait for it. Uh, George, there's a couple of other things that I wanted to discuss with you on Off the Leash off the back of the coverage on Saturday night. And we can open this up to the listeners as well, 0416 90 50 52, if you've got a thought on any of these things we're about to have a chat about. Um, the first of those is the pick of the yard, which has been conducted on, on the racing.com broadcast over the last couple of weeks. James Vandermart doing the interviews pre-race has been giving his pick of the yard. Um, I'm not too sure how it's been received by a lot of people out there. Um, obviously, I think there's a few people who have strong views, either one way or the other on it. Georgie, what do you think? Does it add much to the coverage having um, someone down there giving their pick of the yard? Oh, look, I think it's okay to mention greyhounds that look an absolute picture, but I don't think it changes much in regards to people wanting to have a punt. And I say that because 99% of greyhounds that are at the track have got shiny coats and look brilliant. So... And I've seen greyhounds that look like they're coming off their winter coat and probably don't look as good and still run the hands off the clock. So it's not always a true indication, right? So, And I think James has a little bit of a play around with that and he sort of goes with his selection and and just gets buoyed by the fact that they look good in the yard. So I I understand that it's totally different to what what we get with the horses where their their coat um, is a a true indicator or or at least one indicator of, of how the greyhound, of how the horse is, and how far progressed he is during his um, preparation. Where with greyhounds, um, most of the time they are looking. I mean, if you go down on, on Saturday night, I can guarantee you the Mel- the, uh, the Melbourne Cup finalists will all be shining um, mm. in the in the night's light. That's for sure. So, yeah, it certainly doesn't add a, a great deal in in terms of compared to analysis of of early speed and, and what have you. Cosy, do you have a view on it? When you're watching, do, yeah. you, do you like seeing an expert there give their pick of the yard, or do you, do you not really care I too agree, much about it? I agree it? with George, basically. Yeah. Different, different ball game with horses. Hmm. Uh, different physique, the way they walk, that sort of thing. Whereas the greyhounds, they all just look, you know, as George said, magnificent. Hmm. And, um, I mean, they're all pretty much the same shape. You're hmm. not going to see too much difference. And uh, you've got to go more by form rather than... Appearance, I think, with the yeah. dogs. I think it's interesting. I, I could be wrong on this. I could be wrong, but I thought James was giving his pick of the yard, but he was also uh, giving his selections as well, who he thought would win the race, and they didn't necessarily yeah. uh, match up all the time. Which, obviously, if if you've got you know a Lizzie Jelfs or a Jane Ivel or whoever is doing the mounting yard for the gallops, they tend to, well they only give their pick of the yard. They don't mm. actually give their give four tip, numbers yeah. as such. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's a, there's less confusion there. Um, I was sort of watching the coverage, and I was a little bit confused if you tuned in at one point and you missed the previous um you know 20 uh two minutes and james had given his you know thoughts on who he actually thought would win the race rather than pick the out you might have got a little bit lost so anyway it's an interesting debate i, I don't mind them trying it on the coverage mm. and and giving it a go and then everyone gets a, an opinion on whether or not they think it works oh yeah and i think that's the whole point of it i think you're, you're coming in with a coverage that's new and um uh, some new innovations, and there are going to be things that are going to be massive hits, and things that 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 um, they can work on for the next coverage. And I, I think remaining status quo is the biggest threat. I think you can just try little different things. But in regards to uh, look, sometimes you walk up and you're watching greyhounds in a yard, and one of them absolutely stands out. But I don't think that equates to then them running the best. And I've, I've heard all sorts of story guys. I've heard people go. 
my uncle is a classic at this. Um, he'll say, oh, that, that greyhound's just relieved itself. It's a little bit lighter. Let's get on. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but, I mean, there's little things and idiot, little idiosyncrasies that people pick up on that... Um, that they take to their grave, to be honest. Yeah, right? well, just go with it. It's funny sometimes with the uh, the racing that and the uh, the people giving description of the bounty yard. So I was walking out well, and I think, well, if it wasn't, it wouldn't be there. It'd be a late scratching <laughs> for a start. And uh, they said, oh, it's a lovely walk. I think, well, when it's a walking race, give me a ring. <laughs> I want to see it. Gall- I want to see the thing gallop. Oh, and this is the big thing that I hear, especially when pups are growing up, right, guys, or before they've broken in, they go, "My God, he's the most beautiful dog um, at the farm." Well, I'll, let's give the Easter show a call then. Because yeah, um, right. I, I tell you what, I've seen some greyhounds that might not look as pretty, but they can run like hell, guys. So, yeah, yeah. You know the other thing as well, and I don't want to sound like I'm being really negative here. It's just another thing that I picked up, and I think it's worth discussing because I, I think the coverage is fantastic. I think, in my opinion, they should be doing this sort of thing every single night of the week, every single Saturday night across the year. I think it's a, a great thing to have the... The thoroughbred coverage roll into the greyhounds on racing.com. I'm all for it. But one thing that I really, it was a bit of a bugbear of mine over the last couple of weeks is the camera angle um, at the start of the race. They show a front on shot um, of the boxes getting opened and you can't actually tell which dogs have jumped well. So you hear the caller say, oh wow, she's fast as missed the jump, but you're watching the race and you're finding it very hard to actually work out who's in front. And then they change the camera angle back to the original shot which you would normally see on Sky, and then you start to figure out where they are in the run. George, I don't know what your thoughts are. It's just something that I think they, they would be better off going back to the, the original shot. Yeah, look, and I think it's just another thing of them wanting to try something a little bit different. But, yes, when you're watching and the head-on shot comes up, it's problematic to realise who's began well mm-hmm. until you change into that shot. So, again, it's something that I think... Um, everyone will take on board and, and look at it and it might be that we see that head-on shot in a replay for instance because i think it's still great because it gives you an indication of greyhounds don't run in straight lines i think i think those head-on shots are brilliant but i agree when when it's live we might revert back to that old that that way where you can absolutely see who's pinned the list yeah i agree but you've got to give everyone credit for trying yeah, things absolutely. They've got to have a crack see if it works if it doesn't well at least you had a go and uh I'll, yeah, guys, and look, I tell you, we've, and it's got nothing to do with the fact that we're on it or, or anything. I mean, really, the, the hosts we've had, it's just been really upbeat. It's really been fun to work on, and um, a lot of, a lot of Greyhound people have texted and said that they're enjoying the coverage because often we don't get that sort of uninterrupted, you know, 12-race program. It's hard to get that, you know, and for Racing.com to offer that um, through GRV, I think it have done a tremendous job to... Um, get this agreement over the line, and I agree with you, Matt. I think it's certainly the way forward, especially with some of the bigger races. Uh, George, yeah. it'll be like the days of the Penthouse Club when you'd sit there with Bill Collins and Mary Hardy. God, I'm showing my age now, <laughs> and you'd be watching the red. You'd be watching the red hot from uh, the showies from the showgrounds. How good was that? Yeah, uh, my dad talks about Bold David and all that. Now yeah. I'm showing my age, mate. But um, oh. no, look, it's um, yeah, look, it's, it's all different. We, we, I think everyone's just trying different things. We're trying to get the new age punter involved, and um, if that means trying different things, I think that's great. We, we had a chat to Daryl Holmes about half an hour ago, Cosy, and it was it was a great chat. Um, he, he shared his views on a number of different things, and, and he started to talk about, George, 
Um, well, I asked him about, you know, can you believe that the sport has changed and grown so much in the last 20 years? And he said, no, I can't. But there's still some work to be done. He said that we still probably need to get more new people in, both as owners and also as participants. Um, what's your opinion? What's What do you think the best way to get new people into the sport of greyhound racing is? Well, I'm going to be biased because I was part of the national draft, but I think getting people involved as owners mm. um, gives them... Um, that thrill of winning a race. And I, I, honestly, 90% of them had a 2% share. So they're not winning a King's Ransom, guys, but they're watching their their, their uh, chaser on TV. And if it's in their home state, they'd go and drive down and watch it. And I can tell you that the retention rate is high when they get a winner because they want to be involved and they want to learn more. They want, they want more knowledge. They want to ask questions. So I think Daryl's right. And I think GRB and GRNSW are, are certainly trying to work on that. Um, we're, we're moving slowly, but I think they just want to try to get it right. And I think there'll be a lot more opportunities, but I agree with Daryl. It's, um, it's important to get them involved. And the more knowledge they have, I think the more turnover that's created. And it's just a snowball effect. Yeah, and 2% of the cost, 100% of the fun. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, and look, syndications have been going on for forever and a day. So it's certainly not saying that. This has only just started now. People have been in syndicates and been involved in greyhound racing, but we need to keep that going, keep pushing forward, get it in all states, and um, we'll get there. We'll get there. I remember many years ago at Sandy. Remember they used to have the greyhound auctions on a Sunday? Yeah, yeah. I went out there, Tommy Reed, and I bought two, <laughs> paid 500 for one, 700 for the other. Uh, the first bloke finished up as a pet up at um, Albury for a bench and a couple. They had a lovely home. And the other bloke, I I syndicated him. I tipped everyone in at RSN or three years in. It wasn't in those days. The lady was on reception the whole lot. And I'll never forget when we lined up out at Sandown, Johnny Stevens said, I can't believe it. We had about two rows booked down the front. And George, you couldn't believe it. He got, he got up and won. God, they nearly destroyed the joint. And they, well, they, well, see, Cosy, the fact that you're still talking about that all that years on, I mean, uh, that's the whole point, right? But if I, if I said to Maddie right now, Maddie, go out and buy a dog. He'll say, yeah, that's fine, but then what do I do with it? So yeah. that's where syndications come into it because um, relying on people who have gone through the process of owning a dog, getting it reared, pre-trained, um, broken in, all that stuff is really important because often people just don't know where to start. They know they want to get involved in grand racing, they want to get involved in horse racing, but where do they start? We don't have the contacts, they'll say. So getting involved in syndications with people who do have those contacts, I think, is a really good starting point and something that we should be offering uh, people going forward. And, George, I've just had a funny memory. Just then it occurred to me, of the two I bought on the day, the black one, he looked a million dollars. He was sleek. He was slow. And the other bloke, look, he'd just come in out of the paddock. He had mud on him. (laughs) He was the one who who finished up winning in town. I always think about that great movie, Farlap, when they're um, craning him down and he didn't look too good and... I think um, Harry Telford's wife said, what the hell did you buy there? I mean, it's, it's often the case, guys, let me tell you. So. Uh, we had some fun, though. That was the main thing. Yeah, that's it. It is a fun sport. Hey, Georgie, uh, before we let you go, we need to find a couple of winners on this Tuesday afternoon. Can you help us out? Yeah, yeah, I can. Um, uh, we'll kick off. Oh, hang on, guys. I've just got it up here. Tips. Here we go. A Horsham. Uh, race three, number eight, Tinker Pete. Um, good win last start. Looks like it's got a little a little bit of ability, and I think it can handle the wide draw here today. So race three, number eight, quality numbers three, seven, and eight, into number one, into six, three, two, and eight, into four, one, and six to bring us home. Uh, Warrigal tonight, race 10, number seven, perfect colour. I like this greyhound. Uh, usually does the right thing. Uh, he's racing in good form. Again, a greyhound that doesn't mind the wide draw. 
you'll be able to handle it. And I think you'll win race 10, number 7. Quaddy numbers, number 1, 1 out. 1, 8, 2 and 5, second leg. Third leg, 2 and 4. And the last leg, number 3. And congratulations, Maddie, for going a hole off the leash without mentioning Rejuvenate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there is uh, a medal for you, mate, but... Um, Congratulations. I feel like you're a part Who of Who said I was here. done, Georgie? Who said, I, <laughs> I, I, I finished this done. segment, not you. Georgie, he's getting rejuvenated, tattooed on the inside of his eyelids so he can see it 24 hours a day. <laughs> oh, that'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? So, congr- I feel like I want to tell you congratulations for winning the, the Northern Districts Cup last week with rejuvenate, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, mate. Can't wait to see him in town. Can't wait to see, can't wait to see him at Sandown Park. Absolutely. Hey, uh, Georgie, before we let you go as well, you said to me this morning that uh, you nailed a multi in the uh, the World Cup, so I'm going to read out the four games tonight, and you're going to draw one up for me. Argentina, uh, Argentina, Saudi Arabia. Oh, easily Argentina. Hey, mate, just just as a uh, to preface that, my mate is just mad soccer, lives, eats, breathes it. So I just followed his advice yesterday, and he's a star. So uh, he's already given me his tips, and he said oh, Argentina easily. Beautiful. Okay, Denmark, Tunisia. Yeah, Denmark um, around two 0 You reckon? Mexico and Poland looks the game of the night. Draw. Draw. And the French and the Aussies. France 3-1. Yeah. I, I'm going to say 11-1, but anyway. Uh, Argentina, Denmark, draw, and France. Four-leg multi, $6. Love your work, Georgie. We'll talk tomorrow. Good to see you, mate. <laughs> Good to see you, George. It's a bit of a dry argument in Qatar, isn't it? They're blowing over there. They can't get a bit.